Good morning. I feel really old because New Year's Eve for me, I'm lucky if I make it to midnight. I've got to be honest, I'm not really one for New Year's. I appreciate it, it's lovely, the fireworks, you know, all the rest of it, but I do struggle to make it to midnight. But maybe one year I will. But this morning, obviously, it's New Year's Eve, and New Year's can be a time where lots of people like to make resolutions. Now, Forbes, the magazine, has done a bit of research for this year. They've gone ahead, and they reckon that 2024 is going to be the year where there are the most resolutions made. In fact... It's going to be a bit of a trendsetter this year. And apparently, younger people are most likely to set goals this year. Now, if you're wondering who younger people are, they've clarified it. This is Forbes, not me, okay? So please don't get offended. They reckon that 51% of those aged 18 to 34 will make a resolution. Shall I just talk to this group over here? Yeah? No, no, sorry, don't be offended. So um, apparently geographically, if you're from Liverpool, just the one, you are more likely to make a resolution. In fact, 40% of Liverpudlians make resolutions, apparently. However, if you live on the south coast, in Plymouth, or in the north, in Scotland, in Glasgow, you're not bothered at all you are most unlikely to write any sort of resolution at all. But it got me thinking, what are the most common resolutions? Any, any offers? Lose weight. Lose weight. Go to the gym. The 18 to 30s over here, I haven't said anything. <laughs> what? Out of debt. Yep. One more. Watch YouTube. We'll be having a chat in our house later. So the top 10 most common are exercise more, lose weight, improve diet, financially plan for the year, reduce stress, enhance emotional well-being, make more time for hobbies, improve relationships, improve career goals, meditate regularly or mindfulness. <sighs> no pressure then. No pressure. There are some great goals on there. But it got me thinking, what actually is a resolution? And I do love the Cambridge Dictionary. No offence to Oxford, but I do think the Cambridge Dictionary puts things a lot easier. And they say that a resolution is a promise to yourself to do or not do something. It's the act of solving and or enduring a problem or a difficulty, ending a problem or a difficulty. Just hold that thought there, okay? We're going to come back to it. Just hold that thought. We're going to read a scripture, 2 Kings 4, 1 to 7. It says this. It says, One day, the widow of a member of the group of the prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead. And you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my sons as slaves. Back in those days, that was permissible. Okay, completely allowed. If you hadn't paid your debt, you had to pay it some way. She says, what can I do to help? Elisha says, what can I do to help you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all, except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, 
Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbours. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it's filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts and you and your sons can live on what is left over. Who wants to live like that? Who wants to have a bit more? Okay, really quickly, I've got two things this morning that I believe we can take from that scripture that actually I believe that God wants to stir within us this morning because I don't want this new year to be like every other new year eve I believe that God wants something different for your new year's eve today that actually he wants to stir something in you and expectancy within you as you enter into 24. So you don't start 24 trying to to stir something. You enter into 24 already stirred and expectant. So the first thing is live in the promise, not the resolution. Now this widow could have quite easily turned around and gone, I'm going to sort it. That bloke's not going to take my sons away. I'm going to sort it. I'm going to protect them. I'm going to provide for my family. I'm going to sort it. She could have made that promise, that resolution to fix the situation. But do you know what? Instead of all of that, she remembered God. Instead of all that, she remembered what her husband had done in their family. He was the one that had feared God. And I love it because fearing God's mentioned multiple times in the Bible. And it's not something to be scared of. Fearing God is about having respect. Fearing God is about having a healthy reverence for who he is. It means that you can trust him and take him at his word because you know that he will do what he says he will do. There's always those teachers in school, isn't there, where you think, yeah, I can just push it a little bit more and I won't get into too much trouble. Yeah, they may threaten me with a detention, but they won't. That's not fear. You know those teachers that you don't mess around with, where actually if they say they're going to do something, they will fulfill it. God will fulfill what he says. So Proverbs 19.23, it says... Fear of the Lord leads to life, bringing security and protection from harm. This woman knew this scripture, I'm sure of it, because she went to the man of God and went, we fear the Lord and he's promised this, he's promised protection from harm. But you see, Elisha didn't resolve the issue for her. Elisha didn't go, yes, I'm the man of God, I'll sort it out, I'll fix the problem. No, 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 he stood her faith. He said, what have you got in your house? What, what thing can you bring to this situation? This morning, what have you got in your house? And it may well be a little flask of oil. It may well be things that you don't think are of any value or use. But I guarantee God's blessed you with something. He's blessed you with something this morning. 
You see, instead, the widow's faith was stirred, and then she had to step out in faith. She couldn't just sit there. She had to go knocking on doors. Can you imagine going around the neighbors, asking for cups, Tupperware, ice cream tubs, jam jars, anything? See, she had to step out and ask for the empties. And it wasn't until she went back into that intimate place and shut the door that she saw the fulfillment of her faith, that she saw the miraculous happen. So I think this year, as we enter in, rather than making lots of resolutions of what I will do, why don't we actually grasp hold of a promise that God's given us? Why don't we grasp hold of something for our lives? But don't just grasp hold of it because you actually have to do something. It's all very good choosing a promise to believe from God, but actually we have a responsibility to do something in that as well. Let's recognize and realize that we have a part to play in the fulfillment of God's promises. Russell Dilday was an American pastor and author, and he said this, Wish for anything, and you may or may not get it. But come to God with empty vessels of expectant faith, earnestly desiring his gifts, and he will fill them. You can come to God with empty vessels, but come with faith. Grasp those promises, but come with faith. So today, to help you, because I thought it's a family services, and we, we can talk about promises, and we can go away and go, that's great, but actually I've got no idea what some of the promises of God are. The host team are going to hand out some sheets. Now, this isn't an extensive list of God's promises, but hopefully it's something to start to stir within you. Promises like taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge. He strengthens he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Promises about God's goodness, about God being with us, about provision, about answered prayer, about salvation. Promises that Jesus spoke to us. So this afternoon, before all your festivities begin, or maybe tomorrow morning, or whenever suits you. Do you know what? Even if it's six months' time, I don't mind. But choose a promise that God has given Hold on to it. Pray over it. Take a step of faith towards the fulfillment of it. And then wait and see that faith fulfilled. Wait and see that miraculous happen. So that's the first thing. Live in the promise, not the resolution. The second thing. Live in the overflow, not the dregs. Have you ever had one of those tea bags? One of those tea bags where you pour the water in and you think everything's fine. You pour the milk in. I'm not getting into milk first or second. We won't discuss that. But you pour the milk in. Everything looks fine. And then you take a swig and you realize that the tea bag's split and you've just got a mouthful of tea leaves. It's grim. It's got nothing to do with what I'm talking about either. Dregs, that was it. Thank you, Ben. Thanks. It's like the lime scale in the kettle. Maybe this is just our house. 
but the bottom of the kettle when there's lime scale and you didn't quite realise because you haven't cleaned it out properly. Obviously, don't come to our house for a cup of tea. <laughs> Between the tea leaves and the, the lime scale, you're doomed. Okay, but fortunately with God, there are no dregs. With God, he is limitless. We are limited and we need to accept that. But you see, when God's our source, he's not limited. He's overflowing. And when the widow had finished pouring, I love it. It's only when the, the containers run out that actually the oil runs out. It doesn't run out before. It's only when she has all those containers filled. And not only does she have enough to fix the problem of her debt, but actually she has enough for her and her boys to live on. God's got more than enough for you to live on in 2024. He's got so, so much for you to live on. Now, I'll let you into the randomness of my brain. I was reading this scripture, and then I got completely sidetracked. And it's to do with tea again, because I started thinking about cups and saucers. Now, in our house, we don't have cups and saucers. I've got to be honest. I don't know if it's a generational thing. I know people like going out for tea these days, and they have, like, saucers. So what I've done is we've got everyone a cup and saucer. And the host team is going to give you everyone a cup and saucer. So if, like me, you're a bit, maybe you're not sure what a cup and saucer really looks like, you can have a cup and saucer and you can take it home. There is one thing, though, to mention. You're not allowed to put hot liquid in it. Because I've read on the box, it says not suitable for hot liquid. Don't quite understand why you can buy these. But please do not, health and safety-wise, put hot liquid in them. So you've got your cup and saucer. My brain then started going, well, what is a saucer actually for? And I thought it was like, discovered that cups and saucers are actually preferred by the labouring classes. They're actually something that was preferred, not by high society, but by the labouring classes. And it was, they were preferred because, any suggestions? Drink out of it. Any other suggestions? The answer is, so you can put your biscuit on the side. <laughs> so you can put your biscuit on the side because the labouring classes discovered that their biscuits, they didn't have Tupperware, their biscuits would go a bit stale. They'd go a bit hard. So what they did was they put their biscuit on the side and the overflow of the cup would soften the biscuit without inclusion that that's probably how I should live. That I should live in the overflow of God in my life. That we should live in the overflow of life so that when life gets hard the overflow actually softens it. When life gets difficult, the biscuit and life doesn't fall apart because we're living in the overflow of who God is. So this morning, it says in Ephesians that God can do anything, you know. 
far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. So this morning, what I want to encourage you to do is we're just going to take a moment. I want you to think about what areas of your life you need the overflow of God. It may be your workplace. It may be your words. It may be your school or your college or your university. It may be with family. It may be with your physical health or your mental health that you need that overflow of God because do you know what? Nothing else is working. There needs to be that softening. So this morning, we're going to take a moment and on your saucer, on either side, I just want you to write one area where you need God to overflow in your life. You don't need to share it with anyone. But as you take these home... Remember that God is a God who does more than your wildest dreams. So in what area do you need that overflow? I've just been told that the cups have got handles. That's a proper cup. So you can do that whole pinky thing. But don't put hot water in them, please. So you pull the cup you pull the bits out have we got it so I'm going to pray and you know what if you don't know God if you don't know Jesus and you sat here this morning thinking what is this woman on about about cups and saucers and overflow if you don't know God there's going to be some people over here that can talk to you about him They can introduce who he is. They can explain how you can take him at his word, how he promises you eternal life. It's not about what you do. He's already accepted you. So Father God, I thank you that you are a God whose word can be trusted that we can take you at your word, Lord, that we can trust you to fulfill that which you have promised. And Lord, as we enter 2024, I pray that we will live, each one of us, in the overflow of who you are, that we may live in your goodness, that we may trust your compassion, that we may know your love at a deeper level this morning. That 2024 will be a year where we take steps of faith like never before. Where we trust that you will meet us in those moments. To remind you, it says in Ephesians, God can do anything. You know far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. And all the people said, Amen.